welcome to Brad Speaks. Presenting the way to think about politics so you will know what to think. Now your host, Brad Job. Welcome back to Brad Speaks. And today we have the privilege to have my sidekick sometimes traveling the world, David Houston. What's up, David? Hey, everybody. What's up, Brad? There's so much stuff in the news today that in the last week that David and I have been talking about, Texas, about. We just want to really start off today with this lawsuit. Chicago and Chicago's mayor is heading up against Kia and Hyundai. Why in the absolute crap would you sue as a mayor of the second biggest city in the United States of America as far as population goes. Why would you sue a car company? Why? Well, Kia and Hyundai apparently haven't done a good enough job to keep people from stealing their cars. So the city of Chicago filed a lawsuit against the automakers of Kia and Hyundai on Thursday, last Thursday, alleging that a critical defect, and that's in parentheses because it's a legal term, a critical defect and the two companies' vehicles has contributed to a significant rise in car thefts in Chicago. The lawsuit cites failure to include industry standard engine immobilizers in multiple models. Industry standard doesn't mean it's a legal standard, right, David? If it's industry standard... That's usually accepted minimum. On the current market. They say that the rise in auto thefts involving vehicles from these two manufacturers have contributed in the rise of car thefts and property damage, reckless driving, and other violent crime. Well, let me ask you this. When did the law state that it was up to the car manufacturer to maintain a proper immobilizer? There isn't. So there isn't a law that says that requirement. If the car will lock, it's good, right? There's no requirement that I know that you've got to have a certain amount, anything in the car that keeps you from stealing the vehicle. If there is, then where in that entire hell do we find ourselves as a society? If I build a box, okay, I've, I've built one. I, I built a really nice, cool crate that I bought from another company, and I retrofitted it to make it safer, that I put all my camping material in when I go camping. Okay. So if I put my kid in that box, and she's sitting out there in the garage, and somebody comes and steals the box and steals her in it, am I going to blame the manufacturer of the box? What's going on here is, and they're asking not only for restitution for the city, the city's asking for restitution for the victim, for the victims. They're asking for restitution for the victims of these cars. And unfortunately, these auto manufacturers about a year ago decided that this is apart from this lawsuit, decided that they were going to acquiesce. And say, hey, we're going to give $200 million to the city. They are open to the idea of giving restitution to the victims of these, the people who own the car. So uh, somebody that all of a sudden had a car stolen is going to get some money. Yes. Okay. Because they're lawsuit pimps. Gotcha. Yeah, they're anti-cap. So this will be a they're class action lawsuit. No, it's not a class action lawsuit. It's a settlement on behalf of the car companies. Oh, to, this is the acquiesce. Yes, this is the acquiesce. They're, okay. they're, they're saying, hey, we're going to roll over because we don't want to take this thing to a jury. Right. And we'll give you this amount of money 
$200 million. $200 million. It'd cover up to 9 million vehicle owners because they, they produce these cheap, nice cars. You know, not everybody can afford a $80,000, $90,000 Ford F-150 Lariat, whatever. So this company comes out and says, hey, I will make a car that's affordable. And then now they're getting penalized for it. It provides a total of up to $145 million that will be distributed to owners whose vehicles have been stolen to help them cover their out-of-pocket losses. My question is, and the reason I bring this up, and the reason it is important to me is because I want to know where this stops. It said it could include payments of up to $6,125 per owner for the complete loss of the vehicle, as well as payments for the damage to the vehicle and personal property for up to $3,375. It could also include payments for insurance-related expenses and other costs, including car rental, taxi fare, rideshare costs, or public transit payments not otherwise covered by insurance. Where does this stop? Well, let me ask you this. This settlement comes with how much per car owner? What was the dollar amount per car owner? Six six thousand one hundred twenty five dollars per owner. All right, stop. Complete loss stop. of the vehicle. Just hang on. You lost a vehicle. They want to pay out now. And this covers up to nine million vehicles. To take nine million and divide it, you got six thousand. Okay, is that what you're telling me? Right. I don't know. I mean, roughly, we're talking about covering 9 million vehicles at $6,000 per vehicle. If they all got their car stolen. Right. That's what I'm talking about. For every car stolen that was completely But I'm not finished asking my question. I'm trying to get to it. Okay. And so this would come, this money, this money would supposedly come to that owner, regardless of whether this owner's already collected money on this yet or not, from his own insurance. So he could get double paid. Is that what you're telling me, too? I don't care. I I understand that, but what I'm trying to say is I'm trying to see how they're going to milk this because the owners aren't going to get much of this money, if any of this money. It's going to be gone before the owners see any of it. The the way it appears to me is that the $6,125 per owner for the complete loss of the vehicle would go to, to, uh, it says, yeah, payments for insurance-related expenses. So at the end of the day, the insurance company would recoup these costs well, for ride shares and things like that because somebody stole their car. Okay. So it has to be stolen. That's the deal. They can't burn up. They got to be stolen for this settlement to be of any payout some individual. How do you prohibit people from stealing your stuff? The lawsuit is estimated at $200 million. Okay. Okay. And they're agreeing to pay $200 million. Okay. Kia and Hyundai. They're agreeing to pay $200 million to the city and to the people who have had their cars stolen because the lawsuit asserts that they didn't do a good enough job to keep their cars that they sold to people who agreed to buy the vehicle that got stolen. Because it's the lawsuit is saying that it's the, the auto manufacturer's fault. If it's the auto manufacturer's fault that your car got stolen, and in the United States of America in 2023, you can go to court, and like I said, if you can capitalist pimp, if you can lawsuit 
pimp auto manufacturers at a $200 million because they don't want to take it to a damn jury in Chicago because they get destroyed. And you say, I can't take this to a jury. I'm going to settle for $200 million because they didn't make their cars auto theft proof enough for a law firm that the city of Chicago hires because they said the city of Chicago says that because these vehicles aren't auto theft proof enough, the fact that these autos were stolen and there's high pursuit chases, damage to property because is a result of those chases. Why are they chasing? Because they're stolen. They're chasing each other, the stolen vehicles? No, the cops are chasing the cars. Oh, That's what you don't understand. No, 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 listen. There's, there's so many places where the cops have been told don't even chase criminals. So I didn't know if Chicago was yeah, well, chasing now they're criminals. Suing the, uh, now they're suing Hyundai. Now they're suing the makers of the cars because of the fact that these, these folks in Chicago are stealing the damn cars. And instead of holding the, the folks, and this is where it gets the best. Don't forget, Chicago, last month, well, Illinois. The governor signed a no-bail law, no-cash-bail law. They're suing the auto manufacturers because the cars are getting stolen, because they're saying the cars are getting stolen because they're too easy to get stolen, but they're not blaming the criminals. Right. They're blaming the auto manufacturers. Right. And at the same damn time, the governor, the governor of Chicago signed a no-bail law last month. Yes. July of 2023, there's a no-cash bail law. The blame is in the wrong direction, and the precedent to be set is clearly in the wrong direction. They're sniffing up the skirts of the criminals and letting them go because it's political pornography. That's exactly what this is. It is political pornography. They're buying votes from people. That's why in San Francisco... Every Walgreens is just about gone. You talk about food deserts. Michelle Obama was talking about food deserts. All the grocery stores are leaving. It's because these people are coming and they're stealing stuff and they're getting away with it. It's up to $1,000 you can steal. Without being prosecuted. Without being prosecuted. They just let you go. It's really sad. Yes, that's what it is. It's political pornography. They're peddling. They're out for votes. That's because they confuse these folks to think they're... Everybody's downtrodden. Everybody's a victim, except for the real victims, the people that got the car stolen. Who's responsible? The person that stole the car or the person who made the car? How in the absolute hell can you turn this world so upside down that now you say the manufacturer of a vehicle is responsible for the car getting stolen? It's so hard to think about. It's so hard to talk about. It's so hard to get out of my mouth. It's that crazy. It's that upside down. What is the current condition of our political situation in the United States of America if you can absolutely lawsuit pimp an auto manufacturer? When I say lawsuit pimp, let me, for folks that don't understand what I'm saying, this started back with Jesse Jackson and Al Sharp back in the 80s. They would go to folks and they would say, you know, look, you don't have enough black people in your company. And if you don't give, you know, the Rainbow Push Coalition, this is fact. This isn't conjecture. It's not slander. They would go to these companies and say, hey, you don't have enough black people working here. So if you don't give us enough money, if you don't you know, contribute to the uh, Jesse Jackson Rainbow Push Coalition, then we're going to sue you. 
We're going to boycott you, not sue, boycott you. And they did it. And they did it successfully. Jesse Jackson went from $700,000 a year to $17 million by going to the New York Stock Exchange. And I think it was one of his companies that actually bought a seat, got a seat on the stock exchange. And the next year he was making $17 million a year because there weren't enough black people on the the companies that were on the stock exchange. And he said, well, it, and this is what stock was it that he put up there? It, no, that wasn't stock. It was on the exchange. What does that mean? I don't understand. It, it, you buy and purchase and sell stocks. Right. But what are you buying yes. and selling affiliated he with was, Jesse Jackson? So on the New York Stock Exchange, you can buy a seat. There's a certain number of seats you okay. can buy. Did you, what do you do? With, you go in and you watch? It comes with privilege. Well, I'm asking, what is this seat? I've never heard of it before. It's, it's like a know, ball game it's, seat. It's, it's kind of like being on the commission. Okay. On the board. It's a it's a board seat. Yeah. Okay. For lack of a better word. There we go. I just didn't know it existed. I've never heard of it. Yeah. Gotcha. Jesse Jackson goes and he shakes down these companies and says, "You don't have enough black people. How many black people work on your company? How many black people work at your company?" They say, "Well, here it is. Here's the numbers." Jesse Jackson says, "We'll just it's a shakedown." It's not slander. There's plenty of proof out there. Everybody knows it happens. Al Sharpton was in on it and said, well, just shut up. Give the Rainbow Push Coalition, Al Sharpton's group, however many millions of dollars, and we'll just leave you alone. And they did. This is not different than that. This is lawsuit pimping Mm -hmm. by anti-capitalists, people that hate this country, people that are out to destroy us, take us down. Take us down a notch. Don't like our position on the world. Be taken down. And I was having a conversation with somebody earlier about that. And they were second guessing me. and said, Brad, you better, before you say that, you better make sure that you know what you're talking about because of your listeners are, are going to be fact checking. Well, and I thought of something. I remember Madeline Not So Bright. Her name is Madeline Albright. She was a Secretary of State under Bill Clinton. She said she didn't think the United States of America should be the... Uh, it's called a hegemonic power, but she said uh, the, the, the world's superpower. How you can understand why a city or, yeah, a city, a mayor would sue a car company. How do you get to that mindset? Is that, That's what I want people to think about. How do you get to the mindset that you think that you can sue in the United States of America a car company because the cars that they made that were reasonably priced, that were cheap enough for everybody to get a car, a vehicle that you made and manufactured, and you put up the money and invested in it, risking everything. If your car that you ended up producing at the end of the day gets sold by the millions to all the people that the left so-called says are downtrodden. And need a vehicle for cheap. And need a dead gum vehicle. And at the end of the day, when their vehicle gets stolen, you go back and sue the company that made the car because they didn't make it theft-proof enough. Well, they could make it theft-proof enough. They could. But the vehicle's going to cost more. Right. The number one thing I'd like to talk about is how in the hell did we get here? Because these auto companies came out with a car, an affordable vehicle that's on the street that everyday ordinary Americans... Joe Sixpack can buy a Ford. Now you're going to sue the company that made it, that was part of the process 
of eliminating the downtroddenness of the people that bought the car that you've been bitching about for 40 years. The reason is this. They don't give a damn. They'll never stop. They don't care. It's not about downtroddenness and victimhood and anything else that you got to say about without bringing race into it. But we can. I mean, it's black in Chicago that are buying these vehicles that are getting stolen. But they got vehicles. They can drive back in here. They can go to work. They can do things. And now the city's suing the vehicle manufacturers. And what sucks even worse is that in the article or some of the articles I've read and things I've heard about this lawsuit is they have people on record that have bought these cars that have been stolen that are supporting the city's lawsuit against the manufacturer of the the vehicle that they bought at a decent price. I mean, they walked in. That, hey, here I am. Here's what money I have. I'd like to make a deal with you. They shake hands. They go in there. They make a deal. I don't know anywhere in the deal that said if, if your vehicle's stolen, then sue me. Yet, these people are doing just that. They're doing that. Now, you have to ask yourself why. Why are they doing it? Why are they doing it? It's, it's, it's just another attempt at cheap-ass votes. Because they can go make sure that Illinois is always going to vote Democrats because these idiots that buy these cars that are approving of this lawsuit because they told they can get $6,500 if the lawsuit's won or settled. They're like, oh, hell yeah, settle it. I get $6,500 because my car was stolen. They're just going to stand up and say, yes, go, go. That's how Rome fell. These people are saying, my car was stolen. Now the city of Chicago is going to sue the manufacturer because my car was too easy to be stolen. And so now I'm going to support the lawsuit by the city against the auto manufacturer that gave me a nice car that got stolen by some jerk. But I don't care because they're suing them and I get $6,500. That's the mentality that is is going to end up destroying this country. And it will. Well, it will. It's going to happen. Look, just think about the people waiting on their $700 check down in Mount. If they, you don't think that's going to destroy. And what happened then? Yeah, Biden comes down. He's like, yep, $700. Dude said 700 bucks. And then he said, oh, I'm at, he said 700 family. Oh, I'm at $700 person. I'm listening to this thinking to myself, dude, you're not going to get out of this politically with your party. And the people that think like you do, without going down there and giving at least a half million dollars a person for everybody that had their house burned down. If my house burns down, if I've got insurance, if I don't have insurance, there is absolutely no way. If a storm came through here, blow trees down on my house, my house gets destroyed. Except for FEMA, if I needed something to eat, because I'm paying for that. If they want to put me in a hotel for a minute, that's fine. But you're not going to come up here and give me. If the government comes and says, over and above everything that we've already said, uh, now we're going to declare an emergency. And now we're just going to ask Congress for authorization to give you a million dollars, $500,000. I'd tell them to take a hike. And I'd go fishing. I, I wouldn't take it. It's, it's ridiculous. But that's the mentality that we've developed that comes through non-appreciation. The folks that, that are not appreciative of what they have expect more from the government because the government gets votes from that. I guarantee you, if that happened to me, if you want to give me $700, fine. But you know what? My house burned down. I hope I had insurance. Nobody talked about the fact whether these folks had insurance or not. 
They just want to hear one thing. How much is the government going to give me? What is the government going to provide for me that I cannot provide for myself other than security of the state? And if something bad happens, that's what they go for. Chicago tells folks, we're going to sue the manufacturer because that car was too easy to steal. I mean, take that out to its logical conclusion. If I go to a uh, a dog farm and get a Pekingese and I got my dog and he comes home and if somebody comes and steals my dog, but he wasn't implanted with a non-theft device, now I get to sue that person? Not only, this is drawing it out to its logical conclusion. Now I'm not only suing the dog puppy mill that sold me the Pekingese because they didn't put it the, the non-theft device in the dog, which I didn't pay for, which wasn't in the contract to begin with. Now I'm also going to sue the puppy mill for emotional distress and everything that came with the fact that and I... And the cost of the that, dog. The cost of the dog, emotional distress. On top of that, whatever the hell I can get. Where are we in this country that that can be okay? Well... On a government level, it's political pornography. These people are peddling anything, any desire for anybody to do nothing to get something. And, and do as little as possible, and we'll try to get you as much as we can. And the less you do, the more we give you. And it started out with the welfare state. The less you do, the more kids you have. If you don't have a husband, you're not married. We give you more money. It's political pornography in the sense that they're doing this for votes. And here's why. Why, Brad? Why? Because the other side of the aisle, the conservative side, says, we don't, we don't do this. That's not what America was about. We look at the Constitution, and we understand how this, this country was founded. You, know, you pull yourself up by your bootstraps if you can, but not. there's a safety net. There's a safety net for everybody. And I don't have a problem with the safety net. This ain't a damn safety net. This is 18 safety nets and, and C-130s flying underneath it with parachutes that you didn't even pay for. Social safety nets, I have no problem with. But when you start you start suing somebody because they sold you something that didn't have enough anti-theft device that you knew you were buying at the time, you bought the vehicle. You bought anything. You buy anything. What if they redesign toilet paper rolls they will only click off four sheets at a time. Well, you know. And you don't do that correctly. The manufacturer can be sued for a default in the regulation of four squares at a time. Imagine so, so requiring them to it. and then suing them if they can't live up to it. Well, take that to its logical conclusion. What's going to happen then? The toilet paper manufacturers are going to say, we're going to go into something else. They'll stop. There's no incentive to make the product if there's not a controlled legal system that says we can't get sued for it. But that's the problem. I don't believe that there is. I'm not a lawyer. I've seen this too much, and I know liberals. I know the left. I know these commie bastards. What? Well, the same evil that's behind all this that you're speaking of is the same evil behind we want indemnity from any... Thing that we create to give you to ingest or inject. You can't sue us for anything that happens to you for taking our product. Right. Where does this end? 
what other industry is going to be involved in? Well, just think if the auto manufacturers lobby Congress, they could maybe become, you know, get indemnity from auto theft, kind of like, you know, the drug companies being non-liable for anything that happens to you if you take or inject their product. That's a great point. This week, I think it was actually yesterday, Joe Biden came out and said that he is going to think about and most likely will recommend the next vaccine that comes out by Pfizer for the next COVID variant. Pfizer made $100 billion off the vaccines that they made. They were indemnified. They were indemnified. Indemnity means, for the folks that are listening, means they could not be sued. The government paid them. They made $100 billion off all the COVID vaccines. If you're new to the political arena, they failed. First of all, two weeks to stop the spread. All right? Everybody go home for two weeks. Then it was like, okay, that's not working. Really, two. And then the vaccines came. Then this vaccine came. Now you got to get a booster. Now you got to get a second booster. Now you got to get a third booster. The pharmaceutical companies were just going to the bank. I mean, they made $100 billion. Pfizer, I know Pfizer made $100 billion off. The Johns Hopkins, which is a preeminent university in America. Well, they're sellouts is what they are. Their health policy expert, Marty McCrary. I think I got his name right. McCrary, McCrary, Marty McCrary, I think his name was. He said this next vaccine, this next one, this is related to what we're talking about. Companies being sued. These auto manufacturers being sued. He is the John Hopkins health policy expert. And he said, based on what he's seen of this vaccine, that they are going to try to roll out in the middle of September or December, between those two months, there's been no clinical data that says this thing's safe. This is from Marty McCrary at Johns Hopkins. Well, he's a health policy expert. And he said, it's all based on studies on mice and a few antibodies, elevated antibodies in humans, but there's been no clinical data to show that this thing works. And for them to send it to the CDC, and then recommend that everybody in this country take it, no matter where you, whether you've had four or five or six before the original one and then the boosters and the other variants, that th- there's no scientific data that shows this thing works. If you have a hundred billion dollars that was made by Pfizer on the first round of the vaccines, the first rounds, and now there's a different variant. Oh my goodness, there's people coming out, they get different variants. It's one thing for, Moderna or Pfizer to come out and say, we recommend that you take our vaccine. Kind of like the flu vaccine. I've never had a flu vaccine. I don't know if I've had a flu or not, but I just never have had one. But the difference is the president of the United States has said that he's going to consider recommending through the CDC that everyone take it. If we fail at at that level of governance, to where the pharmaceutical companies are indemnified and make that level of money if their product fails, and not only fails, but literally kills people. Or maims. Or ma- Yes, maims. Yes. Oh, my goodness. Lord help us. 
and kills people, then how do we get to the point where we sue auto manufacturers to the point and intimidate them, these big cities and these high-powered lawyers underneath the Constitution of the United States, which hurts me, to where these auto manufacturers say, mercy, and they say, we'll give you $200 million because we're sorry our cars weren't made theft-proof enough. And what they want to provide now is a part of the settlement. I don't know how old people are that are listening to this. If you're not, if you're not my age, I'm 46. You don't know what the club is. Man, it was a big deal. Remember the club, David? You put no. it on the steering wheel. You put it on the steering oh, wheel. Oh, yeah, that thing. Sure, I thought. Yeah, I didn't know man, that was a big deal back then, man. But they still now, work. I mean, they're bringing it back, and they're bringing it back because as a part of the settlement, <laughs> David. Remember back what was that? Twenty, twenty-five years ago, you would see club on a lot of people's cars. And right. Lots. Exactly. When's the last time you saw? You hadn't seen, I hadn't seen one in 20 years. I have seen one within the past 20 years. I can definitely say I've seen one or two. Okay. That, there you go. I'll, I'll, I'll give Not you. a lot. Well, Again, that's not a lot. One marketing years is, is not a lot. Exactly. Right. But as a part of the settlement, Kia and Hyundai are going to provide clubs for the people that own their vehicles is also a part of the settlement. Okay. So are they giving them a provide. car as well or just a club? You know what? Why don't they just give them a membership to a, a country club? I, and a car. Whatever you want in this My thing, point you know? is, how in the absolute hell, under the Constitution of the United States of America, in the United States, in a state, in a city, you're so intimidated by these leftist bastards that you say, mercy, because if I don't give you two, three hundred million dollars, you're going to sue me out of existence. So I was just thinking that Two things could happen. The car could be made so secure that only a something special will let you get in it and operate it and be so expensive that you can't own it. Or they just won't make it anymore. Or any anymore. And that industry just fade away into memories of what it was like to own your own vehicle. If this lawsuit goes through, well, it has. They settled it. Yeah, so What's it's not the, even going to be a precedent. It's just a, yeah, yeah we gave it, it, we're out yeah. of business. <clears throat> somebody rolled over and said, okay, maybe they do well because they greased somebody's hands and said, hey, let's do this. Let's uh, acquiesce. Let's get this thing settled. We're going to get some sort of benefit on the back end through legislation. I don't. I have no idea. I don't care. My issue is the very fact that it happened. Here's what I want to know. When in the absolute hell... Are we going to sue China for the Wuhan virus? Trump said said it 5,000 times. And it was like, oh, you can't do that. And the government says it didn't come. Uh, Fauci, Fauci, Fauci. I'm not going to go into Fauci. Uh, I'd, I'd like to go into Fauci with a broom handle. But why, why <laughs> can we, if they're going to sue Hyundai for not putting enough anti-theft devices in their vehicles and people steal the vehicles and then it causes all this mayhem. Why the hell aren't we suing China for the Wuhan bat virus? Well, because and, there's so many holes in that, all of those theories, man. The whole Because it's all crap. Yeah, it's, it's all, all lies. crap. <laughs> this is all it's almost an illusion. It is an illusion. But, but an illusion can't have an illusion. So it's just total 
It's BS. It's bovine feces. Yes. That's what it is. Yes. Because all this is crap. It, it doesn't work together. It's not seamless like we would like it to be seamless. You know, I've often thought, Rodin, the guy that sculpted the uh, the statue of the thinker. Yes. The man that he's got his... Is it Rodin or Rodin? Francois Rodin. Rodin. Something, Augustus or some yeah. crap. For the people that don't know the statue, it's a very famous sculpture. I don't know if you, I don't think statue would uh, give it its importance. But so you have this guy and he's, he's on, he's on bended knee, almost in genuflection. And he's got his right hand on his face and it's called the thinker, the right. thinker. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. And what would that be called today? I'm thinking the, uh, the feeler. <laughs> if you called him the thinker, you might get blacklisted on whatever social media you're on now. Right. And it is true. It's not my ultimate goal because I know what truth is. And that's great. And it's so wonderful. If you're looking for truth and truth is it's one thing, but it relates to so many different things. And truth can be perceived in this issue with Chicago suing Hyundai. Because they didn't create a car that was made without the sufficient amount of theft devices. So when you buy that car, and then when it's stolen, you sue the manufacturer of the vehicle from whom you bought it. What if it was 1945 and you walked into a, a hardware store in Winslow, Arizona, and you bought a, a screw from the proprietor at the hardware store, and then you went back to build your house and the screw broke and it hit you in the eye and then you you sued the proprietor of the company that sold you or made the screw you'd be run out of town well to get I, to I that point know, is, i'm trying to find a, 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 yeah, there, a perfect it's hard analogy to give a proper analogy because it's so absurd it's so ridiculous it is. you know what it is that absurd that it's very hard to come out yes yes exactly. that is absolutely right I love analogies. I man, I had a boss one time that just loved my analogies, and I do. I love them myself. I I can't find one. I can't find one that well. That, I want to comes you close this. to this bullshit. Uh, this is just a curious question I've got. When the reference is made to political prostitution for votes, how is they, the they word how is how is the word prostitution being used other than say? soliciting for votes how how are you equating they, soliciting with prostitution is all i'm asking is that, that what you're saying great that it, yes absolutely soliciting great, prostitution they absolutely are okay but what are they soliciting what are they doing that's a great question i'm glad you asked me and that's why i'm here to answer that question because maybe other people have that question that are listening to the podcast right now what they're selling is their souls because they know these folks that are in elected positions, these district attorneys, these mayors who know that they're wrong, they know this is wrong. They are selling their souls for the votes of the people that are underneath them that don't know it's wrong. It's a double edged sword. They're selling their own damned souls. And I say damned souls because they are. They're selling their own 
damned souls for their position in order to get votes Ooh. from people who don't understand what is actually going on around them. Right. And that just, is the political yeah. prostitution. They are monomaniacally concerned about one thing. They are monomaniacal. They have one thing on their, only one thing in their entire life that they support, that they, they strive for, and that's votes. And they will do any damn thing they possibly can if they've got to sell their soul to sell out their people. And when I say that, yes, put it down. They're selling out the black folks. These, the, yes, these the black mayor of Chicago, the previous black mayor of Chicago, the white mayor before her, they will do anything for votes to stay in power. The United States, the, the, on the Democrat side, I'll tell you, if you watched the debate the other day with the Republicans, you had folks stand up and say, no, I will not support this, even though it's politically expedient to support. I'm not mentioning the subject because we're not going there. But at least you had some people on the conservative side. They happened to be on a Republican debate. I'm not a Republican. I'm a conservative. I'm a constitutional conservative. At least we had some people on our side stand up and say, no. Uh, nope, 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 nope. I could get a lot of votes by saying something else, but I'm not a political prostitute. I'm not selling my damn soul for votes. And if I don't get the votes, then that's up to y'all to figure this out because it comes down to the truth. Because the truth is what I'm after. It Always. Is, it is the truth. That's the, and, and it is. The truth is what I'm after. And the truth transcends many things, but it all goes back to one thing. And that happens to be Jesus Christ in the Bible. Right. I don't find anything in there that says if, if somebody sells you something and it didn't have an anti-theft device on it, and if somebody steals it and it goes run into somebody else's house with it when the cops are chasing them trying to get your car back, that I can sue the manufacturer because there wasn't a uh, sufficient anti-theft device in it to keep the person from stealing it that ran into the house that killed the little girl that was uh, breastfeeding on her mama. And everybody died, and now you got to pay for everybody's medical bill. That ain't the way this works. That's not truth. That's fiction. That's crap. That is. There's no truth in that. There's no. There's nothing in there that stands up to reason. There's no logic. It's not rational. And we sell out rationalism for the sake of political votes. We're done, and we already are. But we can teach people. We can teach our kids. To think about done is something I have put some thought to, but the way that it helps me is realizing the corruption that we are witnessing now is nothing new. It is manifesting itself almost like a, a bursting boil that just the most asinine, ridiculous, absurd challenges to our thoughts and our normalcy. We've, we've done amazing things. Improvement is great, but to to have proper, wonderful improvement and to build on it, I think a great level foundation of truth is of the utmost importance for not only the stability of what you're building, but the longevity of it. And now it's, that's where I'm going with the ultimate truth. Just one level shy of the Bible would be the Constitution. And what it sets forth is so beautiful, it's a blessing to have it. The corruption that is the 
result of that constitution, meaning our government. It's gotten out of hand. It itself has grown. It itself has authorized more tentacles of itself out in everybody, every day's lives. When it manifests itself into the lives of the parts, the gears of the industries and the businesses that include how to manipulate those laws and codes for the gain, for financial ruin even, because the gain given to one can cause the demise of the other. But then the acquiescence is just part of the apathy that's overwhelmingly present in our day and age. It's a joy to hear people honestly speaking about something that they are thankful for. And working in the service industry and talking to people is refreshing to hear people still aware of things to be thankful for. Now, these people aren't necessarily too many out of the total quantity of people that I run into. But again, in that industry, you don't talk about everything, which is a sad part of that industry because if people would quit talking about the weather and talk about real stuff, then maybe real stuff wouldn't get so bad. But then when you get away with it and then you pay off other people to pretend or either look the other way, to totally go around the method that the law is set up to you know, have a, a jury trial and not even have the jury present and have the judge make all the decisions is just ridiculous as well. I unfortunately, in a grand way, and this is, I have one outlook. I want to make use of the Constitution while the country is still present, but my eyes are on the kingdom, and that kingdom will not arrive until this country and all the countries of the earth are gone. A lot of bad stuff's got to happen first. If I'm looking for the kingdom to come, bring on what it's going to take to get here. My question is, what have you done today? What one thing, what one thing have you done to share, say, American history, American freedom, American ingenuity, what it means to have a Bill of Rights, what it means to defend your rights? Because in the courts, if people can trip you up against even your rights and nobody stand up for you, and if you don't know how to stand up for yourself, which is pathetic, and if you look into anything about understanding the court system, Jordan Maxwell, amazing guy. Oh my gosh. The knowledge that went with him when he passed was just incredible. But the whole thing about courts and how they're designed and all the words, all the vocabulary that's used in a court proceeding, the very summons to court, you summon dead people. And you're not even supposed to do that according to the Bible. The whole black robes, and then you got the little gate. Now, just on that side of the gate, you're on this side. What does understanding really mean? Yeah, just anybody listening, look up Jordan Maxwell, because there's some really good long lectures he's given and speeches. If you want to understand the courts, and I was going to ask you real quick, because I've got this chart. It's called the Map of Consciousness, and it's a fabulous chart. It's in a book called Power Versus Force by David R. Hawkins. And he's got another book I read called uh, Truth Versus Falsehood. Both of them are fantastic books as far as understanding humans and thoughts and where we are with our conscious understanding. On this chart, so you've got a title at the top, Map of Consciousness, and then the columns are the God view, the life view, what level you're at, what logarithmic scale you're at, your emotion, and the process. 
Now, I'm going to look over to the left and I'm going to see where I would find, say, who is the person that first filed lawsuit? The mayor, I guess it would probably have to be the city council. Okay. I'm going to I'm going to read one words at a time and then you pick the word you think that best fits that mayor, okay? I'm going to start at the very bottom, all right? Yep. Despising, vindictive, condemning, disdainful, punitive, denying, vengeful, indifferent, permitting, enabling, inspiring, merciful, wise, loving, one. All right, so what, out of all those words, which one would you best describe that mayor? Say the top four one more time. You mean in the first four? Yeah. Despising, vindictive, condemning, or disdainful? And punitive. Punitive was right next to disdainful. Yeah, it's every one of those. Tell me the first one, the top one. Despising? All right, so they despise this country. Well, that's the very bottom of this chart. They they despise it. It's you know what their life view is? Miserable. Mm-hmm. You know what their level? Oh, listen, you know hey. what their level is? <laughs> their level is shame. And on this scale from zero to 1,000, they're at a 20. Their emotion is humiliation. And their process is elimination. I'm going to send you a picture of this. Dude, you're going to trip out on this chart, I'm telling you. It's an no, amazing but- chart. It just tells you where people are, and in a way, it kind of helps you know how to pray for them if you feel like there's any hope. The left has... Little hope? <laughs> there's, there's, there's no doubt that the, the left, they harbor a ubiquitous desire to, to send out distorted information because of their hatred of this country. And I have talked to several people over the years that, you know, you used to piss people off by saying that, Brad. And then they're starting to understand. And these people that are in power hate this country so badly that they will do whatever they can to take us down a notch. Here's the problem. That is a problem in and of itself. They attach no traditional values to this country. None. They want to see it look like something else. And they have control of our children via the public school system. And this lawsuit with these auto manufacturers is just another feather in their cap of de-escalation the political discourse that we have because if you if if you oppose them in this lawsuit the political discourse only accepted by the people who brought forth this lawsuit is cancellation these people david play for keeps these people play for keeps they take these lawsuits up and get 200 million dollars out of it do you think for one damn second anybody that they got their car stolen. It's going to get more than a thousand dollars, if that. I mean, the lawyers are going to get all kind of money, at least forty percent off the top. Right. Ask me how I know. So if there's a two hundred million dollars settlement. <laughs> the the lawyers that filed the suit that agrees in the palms of the city officials who brought the suit are getting forty percent off the top, who are shaking down the company. So there's 40%. And then the rest of it may or may not go to the people who it actually is intended for. It's a shakedown. Yeah, it's sad. There's a shakedown. If it wasn't a shakedown, the lawyers wouldn't have taken it. 
That's why I was asking. They know they're going to settle. 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 Who wants to go to a trial? Nobody. Ask any lawyer, any ask any trial lawyer if they'd either settle or go to trial. Right. 95% of the time, let's settle this thing. Let's just go ahead and settle it. And then you go to the people you're shaking down and be like, why don't you just settle? Because if they had a Chicago jury, even though the Chicago juries had 18 cousins and a daughter and a mom that was shot and killed in Chicago that their city government didn't protect or didn't give a damn about protecting by not allowing cash bail, then they just say, okay, hey, shake them down. Let's get to, if we can get 200 million out of them, that's fine. The lawyers get, that'd be uh, 80 million, then they get the rest. And then they do what they want to with it. You know how it works. I guarantee you, in 20 years, if I found one person that got $6,225 or whatever it was, $6,800, whatever, it ain't going to happen, man. And then you're going to, yeah. I mean, it's not going to happen. These people are deceived. They're perpetuating poverty by imprisoning and impoverishing the impoverished. Yes. And the way they do that is through the political pornography which is selling their soul, and the political prostitution, which is selling the soul of themselves to get the votes so they remain in power. But one day, one day, they will see the truth, and the truth will be in front of them. And <laughs> I, don't, I don't wish that on anybody. I should not have laughed. And they know now, just like everybody who does anything. You do stuff, I do stuff. Everybody we meet does stuff. Everything we know that we do, we will face up to it one day. On a scale, these people are impoverishing the impoverished, and they're perpetuating the impoverished in their poverty by doing this crap right here, by saying, hey, we're going to get you $6,000. Just vote for us next time. Hold on. Everything's cool. You can't flush your toilet right now, but, you know, we'll sue the uh, the toilet manufacturers and take... Well, it's just like reparations out in California. But without dignity. They hold these people down, and that's what really... That is the essence of my irritation. That is the cornerstone and the building block, the concrete on which I stand that pisses me off more than anything about the left in 2023 is that they take advantage of these people that are easy prey. Think that they are, oh, easy prey because they're raised up in it. Give me money, give me money, give me money. Right. Hey. We just did your grandma have a Hyundai? Grandma's about to die. Yep, we're gonna get six thousand dollars. And it may be five years from now they'll get that six thousand, but they're sitting there waiting and they're not gonna do anything. They're gonna keep their uh their EBT card because the, the controllers give it to them without making sure that they have to work for it. And that was taken out of a uh a bill last year. Actually it wasn't last year, it was about four or five months ago, that the Republicans put in that said, hey, you got to work if you want to keep getting these EBT cards. We're going to put a work requirement in there. Well, when did... When did, did what happened? When what did, happened? When what did, the hell happened? Well, there, you know what happened? All the left came out with all their slings, all their arrows, everything they had. Hell no! And Because they used it. The Republicans, it was the Republicans. I'm not a Republican. I'm just saying, the Republicans put it in there as an amendment. Uh, I think it was in the defense budget. And they said, there's going to be a work requirement for welfare. For all these checks you're getting, you got to have work. And it wasn't much. It's like, you got to work like eight hours a week. Go find something. You got to, you have to, you are going to have to fill out five applications a week to go to work. 
You're going you're going to have to do something. And then the left comes out and says, which they always do, and they've been doing it for <laughs> ages. They've been doing it for 4,000 years. They come out and say, well, the Republicans hate you. The Republicans hate you. The Republicans are going, no, no. Conservatives put that in the bill. Do you know what conservatives think about people? All people? We love people. We don't want you to be enslaved by the government. We don't want you to be getting these handouts with no work, with no effort, with no incentive to better yourself. But the left, the left says if the conservatives or the right says, hey, you got to work for it because we want you to have dignity. We would we would rather you have dignity because I would rather have dignity or death. If somebody just gave me, I don't know, what, $1,300 a month, $2,000 a month, was that $24,000 a year? My math's right. I would rather tell them to go stick their head in the sand. I'll go make my own money. But now get out of my way. But the left, that is their job. Their job is leftist, is political pornographers, political prostitutes. They sell their soul. They do this. They give things for votes, and they enslave people at the same time. Here's the thing. I'm going to tell you. I'm going to predict tonight. Donald Trump will get the nomination. He will win the presidency. And you know why? Because black men are going to go, I'm going to say, 34% for Trump. If that happens, if that happens, if what I just said happens, then there's going to be 13% of black women that vote for Trump. And the left, as much as they'd like to wallow in the mire of what they think is Trump persecution and his ending, his death nail with his fourth indictment won't happen because black people, and I meet folks, I meet them because that's what I do for a living. I I go out and meet people in their houses and I hear this stuff. If Trump gets 34% of the black men vote, which I bet you he does, and he gets 12 or 7% of the black female vote in this country, the left is done for. But we have to do a better job of educating our children and changing the educational system because that's that's what they control. That's that's their end game. And they've done a way better job of it than the Republicans have. Because and here's the answer. As a result of the Democrat Party controlling the curriculum in the school system, they have perpetuated this victimology victimhood onto so many people in the black community and they are the ones that say you know we don't see color bull crap they see color more than anybody because they see votes in the color and once they see that color and once they have even though for people listening that don't know jim crow Jim Crow laws, you got to vote, you got to be able to read, you had to have a test and able to vote. The Ku Klux Klan, yeah, yeah, the Klan, all Democrats, ain't one Republican in there. Name me a Republican statue that Nancy Pelosi took out of the House of Representatives three years ago when they decided to start taking all the statues and 
pictures and everything out of America because they wanted to just to destroy the history of the country. Name one republic that Nancy Pelosi took off the wall in the Capitol. One republic. Every single picture, every single statue, Nancy Pelosi is the Speaker of the House, had removed from the Capitol because they were racist. They had a racist history, were Democrats. There was not one Republican. Democrats of the party of Jim Crow, Democrats of the party of the Ku Klux Klan, Democrats of the party of, of fire hosing people in Montgomery, Alabama. Democrats are the party that stood in the uh, the the state uh, the schoolhouse in Arkansas and they wouldn't let the little black girl in. Democrats did every bit of that, and Democrats are continuing to do what they did fifty years ago, and then subtract one hundred fifty years, and they're still doing it. But they're playing this game. By now, what they're doing is they're keeping. The black population, and now it's a black, brown, LGBTQIA+, ampersand, explanation point, explanation point. And they're keeping these people down because they're giving them things to get their votes. And they're sacrificing their souls to do it. And it doesn't come to any more fruition of the selling of their souls than it does with this LGBTQ thing. These people are, these people, when I say these people, the Democrats, the leftists of this country, use the purse strings of the United States of America to control these groups of people so they can get their votes. And they're willing to go into the depths of deprivation, depravity, the depths of immorality that you've never seen in your entire life but we have seen we're seeing it now on a, a local level in an elementary school level they will do anything and say anything to get a vulnerable group of people which they call minorities and the less represented give them what they want to get their votes and then they go back that's that's the problem david they go back to their houses and they don't want to be in the communities with these people. Look at Nancy Pelosi. Where the hell did she live? What about Harry Reid? Look at these leftists. Where are the puppet masters of the Democrat Party? Where are their houses? They're surrounded by fences. Right. <laughs> and security. Yeah. 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 They're using who they are controlled by, which is Satan, to control these groups of people who think they can do anything they want to morally wise, ethically wise, and they make them feel like it's okay. And so somebody that tells these groups of people, I'm not talking about black folks now, I'm talking about the LGBTQIA plus. And then you can take this to the bank. It'll be in world history. It'll be in the national archives because they take their recording, everything and they put it there, which I'm glad they are because somebody will be listening to me one day, but they take these groups of people they find their vulnerabilities, and when they find the vulnerabilities, they exploit those for votes, and they don't care if they run up the debt twenty trillion, nineteen trillion, sixteen trillion. They don't care what they do because they live in the now, and they don't give a damn 
a better posterity. They don't. They don't care. Right. But if you I read wonder, the Declaration of Independence, uh, Tommy said, "Yeah, this is part." Oh, well, that's actually the Constitution. Uh, Hamilton, Madison said that. Uh, you know, we do this not for us, but for our posterity. Right. These folks don't give up. Line. And is that not the craziest thing? Uh, uh, well, it, it <coughs> see, every day a, a new absurdity tops yesterday's absurdity. It's going to keep going that way. And that's, that's a, it, you know what? My dad used to say, he'd say the craziest thing ever. And then say, I'm just, we'd be on a topic and he would go way over the top and say, I'm illustrating absurdity by being absurd. Hey, what about that two beer thing? Oh, my goodness gracious. Oh, Mr. Canada himself bringing his agenda to the United States. Well, we bring it. We bring it. He says it. We do it. It's kind of like California makes a law and then it kind of spreads, metastasizes across the United States of America. It looks like the uh, the CDC is going to advise Americans to have no more than uh, two beers a week. A and, week. Yeah, a week. Two beers a week. And there will be, trust me, commercials uh, with the ad council, untold millions of dollars spent by the CDC and whomever else. Our money they'll spend on trying to tell us we can't drink more than two beers a week. I don't think that's a part of the government job, but we'll leave that for a different day. What I think when I hear that, when uh, Joe Biden's going to tell me that, or you, or anybody else, my cat, your dog, somebody's goat, that they can't have more than two beers a week. Here's what I want people to think. I really want to orient what we're doing here on Brad Speaks is to inform a younger audience or older audiences, but I really want to focus on getting things through to the younger audience on when they hear things from the government, from their government, that they need to at least think about it, second guess it, look for it. There's a, uh, I, I don't know what book in the Bible it is, but there's the Bereans from Berea. The Bereans, Paul, who wrote many books in the New Testament, he wrote Acts, Romans, First, Second Thessalonians, First, Second Corinthians. The greatest Christian who ever lived, he went to Berea, and the Bereans looked at Paul. And wherever Paul went, there was chaos because he spoke the truth. <laughs> he did. That's what caused the problem. He brought truth to Corinth, to Thessalonica, wherever he went. That's that's Corinthians and Thessalonians. And when he went there, he caused trouble and, and he ended up being beheaded. So when you hear the government recommending anything to you, if there's anything you ever hear that the government recommends, when's the last time? Oh, oh, this is what's funny. Salt used to be bad. Then it was good. Then sugar was good. Then it was bad. Now three glasses of wine a day is good. Now uh, eight glasses of wine a day is good. But wait a minute. Now it's got to be this kind of wine. Uh, now it's like four glasses of wine per every two months is okay. The Bereans, when Paul went to Berea, they were like, hey, Paul, uh, we're interested in what you're saying. We've heard of these Christians, but we got to go back to the Old Testament. We got to check this stuff out to see what you're saying is true. So they uh, they were discerners. They discerned 
if there is any word that I could teach my children over any other word in the English language, it would be a variant of discern, discernment, discerning, discerned. Just conjugate that. That's where you need to be. If you can discern, if you can teach yourself to discern, if you can teach your kids to discern, some people have a knack for it. Sometimes it's a congenital trait. I tell people every day, almost every day, that I make more mistakes before 8 o'clock than they do in a year. But one thing, I think I have a congenital gift, which means I was born with, is a gift of discernment. And I pray for my kids to have discernment. If there's no other gift, there's a lot to give. There's so many gifts. Thankfulness. So many gifts. But when Paul went to the Bereans, they, on their own, decided they needed to discern. So they were proper fact-checkers. And they were. And they fact-checked everything they could possibly find. Thanks, David. That's, that's a, what's a better way to say discernment to the younger kids? Up? I mean, that, that's, yeah, fact-checkers. Look it up. But don't Google it. I mean, right. You, you got to be it. careful of how you confirm yeah, your and, facts. And you have to discern. Yes. That you have to discern where you're getting your knowledge from whom or from what you're getting your knowledge. Discern that. But when they say now no more than two beers a week. OK, your government is not your daddy, but it wants to be. <laughs> it really really wants to be because if it is your daddy and daddy's got a a fake wallet which we've got 20 trillion dollars of debt now 21 trillion then daddy can give you money if you do what he says to do we don't need the government to be our daddy let's look back at the vaccines everybody take the vaccines how'd that work out id laws hey you gotta have an id to uh to get a beer but you don't have to have an id to vote, that should be a red flag to everybody listening. If you don't have to have an ID to vote, but you had to have an ID to buy a beer, and they say no more than two beers a week, it has a to month, be a valid ID too. Not just it's got to be, yeah, yeah. If it's expired, nah. then you, you know uh-uh. you can't get a beer, but you can just walk up and vote and ask yourself why the government wants you to be able to vote without an ID, but they want you to have they require, not want. They require, your daddy requires you to have an ID to buy beer. And they, Look at the Afghanistan withdrawal. You've got the government in the United States saying, take these vaccines because we know it's good for you, and you better do it. Dr. Fauci himself said, this is the time to obey. But they can't withdraw our troops from Afghanistan. The government that's going to recommend you have only two beers a week. I'm not recommending anybody drink a beer ever. They lost. Now, I'm talking to younger kids now, like 30 and under or 20 and under, whoever wants to listen. They want you to do this. They want you to take vaccines. They want you to have only two beers a week. They want you to have ID laws to buy the beer. They don't make you have IDs to vote. But they lost the memory card for the guy who had the bomber in Afghanistan when we were withdrawing our troops he had in his scope it's, it was a scan disc card but I don't know how many people under 
30 that would know what that is, David. You know what I'm talking yeah, about, right? Photographers would know, and maybe yeah, a lot yeah. of other people you, would know, you, too. You, there you go. You stick a card in some, a flash yeah. drive, if you sure. will, in his scope. They misplaced it. Quote, they misplaced it. Sure. Because the dude that, that got killed had this guy, had this bomber in his scope, and was asking for permission to pull the trigger. And they said no. Well, his family is asking for that card. And the official papers that they've given the family is that they misplaced it. Mm. Okay. So the government wants you to take vaccines and just say, hey, just do it. The ID laws, the Afghanistan crap, which is ridiculous. Why don't we do something? Why don't we go back? Here's what we got to do, David. Why don't we go back to the Constitution? Why don't we regulate them? That's what it says. That's who's supposed to be regulated under the Declaration of Independence. Thomas Jefferson. Tommy. My boy. I affectionately call him my nigger. And if anybody has a problem with that, they can have a problem with it. But they won't. I still got him right here. There he is. And I've got the Liberty Bell. Sitting right next to him, and I've got Lady Liberty sitting right there. And I got I've got the Declaration of Independence over there, Constitution over there. Tommy wrote this thing for us to regulate them, not for them to regulate us. Why don't we stand up and demand for term limits? How does the government of the United States of America, under the Constitution, under the Declaration of Independence? Tell us or even recommend. I don't even want recommendations. I don't even want recommendations from the government on how much beer I drink, how much water I should have every day, what kind of pencil I should use, what kind of stove I should have, what kind of microwave, what kind of heater I should have, which is happening now, but we're not going to get into. None of these things should be done by the government. It should be swapped But what's happening is the United States citizenry, especially in the population centers on the East Coast. If you look at the population in the United States, East and West Coast, I had a a professor in college who was awesome. I was a foreign policy geek, and he came up with the Buys Heartland theory. And his theory, I don't think you're going to find it on Google, but if you could, it'd be great. Send it to me. I'll send you five bucks. Foreign policy happens on the coast. The senators that vote for this stuff are on the coast where the population centers are. And the senators that have voted against most of the wars that we've had, other starting after Vietnam, if we went with them, there would have been none. David, you and I agree, and I know we do, the government should not be even issuing advice to me on what I do and don't drink. It's not their responsibility. Under the Constitution, under the regulatory authority of the United States that we live under, then yes, it should, because that's what they do. I find that unconstitutional. So I want to invite the younger listeners that are listening to the Brad Speaks podcast to every time you hear a recommendation by the federal government, by the government of the United States of America, who we should, we should respect, but discern. Anytime you hear a regulation that's offered or implemented or considered or thrown out there for consideration, 
think to yourself, would the Declaration of Independence of the Constitution allow this? How should I think about that under those two documents? And if you don't know those two documents, I want to say, go to Hillsdale College. Look up Hillsdale. I don't know if it's Hillsdale.com or Hillsdale.net. Go to Hillsdale. Educate yourself on the things that you should know that you're not being taught in school. So what was up with this shooting in Florida and now they're attacking DeSantis? Oh, man. Everybody on the left is is attacking DeSantis because he's a threat to them. He's a threat. If they somehow slither their way into ousting Trump out of this primary, which I would say uh, the only person that can take Trump out of the primary is Trump. (laughs) Other than that, yeah, then DeSantis is probably next at this point. So this moron, this 21-year-old white guy who had been involuntarily committed to an insane asylum. or That means somebody was looking after him and thought it would be best he would be taken care of there. Right. Okay. So, so yeah, so we know the guy's crazy. He's okay. not your average run-of-the-mill Republican conservative guy that's just out to kill black people. Okay. Uh, but, but that's what the media wants you to think. He had openly expressed racism towards black people, and then he went on an 11-minute rampage and mm-hmm. and killed some black people. Okay. Well, first of all, you know, that's where gun laws come in. He bought a gun. Why was this guy, if he'd been committed, able to buy a firearm? But that's a conversation for another day. So he comes out and he, he kills some innocent folks. I don't care what color they are. But that's the point. I don't care what color anybody is. If somebody gets shot unnecessarily, the first thing I don't say is who. Uh, was it a white guy? Was it a, who got killed? Were they black? Uh, was it a black guy that killed white people? No, it just it's that's that's where the left wants to take you. That's exactly where they want to take you. The very first time you hear somebody getting shot by somebody that makes the New York Post, the New uh, the Times, uh, the Washington Post. Whatever, name the newspaper of your choice when they publish this stuff. But you know what they don't publish? They don't publish all the people, all the black children. They don't publish the black children that got shot and killed in in Chicago last week. They don't publish above the fold front page of the Post or the Times how many black children got shot last week or the week before that 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 and next week. They don't care. They don't give a rat's ass about these black children that are getting mowed down every week in Chicago, in New York, in L.A. You know what they care about is who killed who. And if it's a white guy that killed somebody, that's what they care about. What is the uh, what is the term that the journalists use? If a dog bites a man, it's not a story. But if a man might bites a dog, that's a story. Okay. Okay, so it's not completely analogous. It's in the same chapter of the of the book that we're talking about. You go to Chicago and look at all the black children that get shot every weekend, get killed every weekend, every weekend, every weekend, every weekend, every weekend, every weekend, every weekend. Black people kill black people. Black people gangs go after fourteen year olds, three year olds, five year olds. Is retribution is a retributive justice in gang lingo? If they had a a brain enough to be able to say that. 
But now you get this one moron, this one idiot ass moron in Florida that goes out. He's a racist. And he goes out and kills three black people. That makes headline news on every cable show, every newspaper in America, basically. What do you discern from that? Here's what you discern from that. When you see that, when you see that on the front pages of these newspapers, the immediate reaction, which is normal and it's okay, is, my God, this racist prick killed three black people. What about the hundreds, thousands of black children that are killed every year on the streets by other black people? That doesn't make the front page news. Why don't they care about them? Why do those... Why don't those black lives matter? Those black lives don't matter. What they ought to, you know what? It ought to be, instead of BLM, SBLM. Some black lives matter. Because the black lives that matter to the people that give you your information are the black lives that are killed by their political agenda, which are white people, which is exceedingly rare. But they get votes out of it. And they get to campaign off of it. And you get Joe Biden and Karine Jean-Pierre gets to come out at the White House and talk about some lunatic ass white dude that kills three people in Florida. But they don't just stop there. The political porn that they're involved in, their political prostitution that they're involved in. And I've got to keep saying that because that is exactly what this is, exceeds just the fact that they just want to say, hey, white people suck even though they're ignoring all these other black children that are killed. So now what they do is they go after Ron DeSantis. They go after Ron, like Ron did this, and ignoring every other black child that's been killed in this country in the last year. Ron DeSantis's policies towards, black, towards the black community are coming under fresh scrutiny after an avowed racist gunman killed three black people over the weekend in Jacksonville Dollar General Store. An attack the Justice Department is investigating is a hate crime. Why in the absolute hell is the Department of Justice? I'm, I'm, I'm assuming this is the, uh, the federal department, the DOJ. They're investigating this. They're going to send somebody from Washington to Florida to investigate this white moron idiot who I'd shoot in his face probably if he walked in my door after adjudication and, and he's been sentenced. I'll pull the trigger. I'll flip the switch. Whatever verbiage you want to use, I'd shoot him in his face. But you know who else I'd shoot in the face? Everybody else that shoots all these other black children. And I'm talking about children. All across the United States of America. But they use this as, as a cudgel to beat Ron DeSantis over his head because he's the governor of Florida. White moron killed three black people because they were black. But I don't see the DOJ going to Chicago, New York, LA. I don't see them. They're not because it's not because they're not doing it because they, they leave it up to the counties, municipalities, the local municipalities to control this stuff. But hey, as long as a black dude killing a three-year-old little black girl, in her bedroom, they got shot up at a drive-by. They don't care. 
But as soon as something happens like this, look, they're looking for it. They drool over this. They salivate. They go to bed wetting themselves. They have to change the sheets on their bed every night because they're pissing themselves because they cannot wait for something like this in Florida to happen so they can use it as something to beat DeSantis over the head with and say, yes, now he's a racist because he's the governor. He's the governor of Florida, and this guy killed these three people. I don't see anybody going to any, I don't see any liberal, any leftist, any Democrat going to any of these other cities where people are getting murdered, mowed down, destroyed, lynched every day. When I say lynch, I'm talking about an educational lynch. I'm talking about a family lynching by providing money for every kid that doesn't have a, a father. They're financially lynching these people. They're, they are keeping these people down. In order to get votes. And then when you go, but if you go to Florida, hey, there's a white dude killed three black people. Hey, front story news everywhere. It is front. It's above the fold, below the fold, maybe on the second page, but it's everywhere. And it's on the nightly cable news network. And they hold segment after segment blaming Ron DeSantis because it's politically feasible. But no. It's about viewers for the media. And that's another True. thing people need to discern. They've got a, that, that's, that is so important to teach children is what you're watching is designed to keep you watching that. If you think you're getting your news now, if you think you're getting informed, your information, whether it be foreign policy, domestic policy, local policy, you need to discern because the only reason these people are writing anything, the only reason there's one reason these people have jobs Tell you is to lot. sell newspapers, to get viewers. Oh, my goodness. Don't get me into a storm might come through Memphis tomorrow and it might rain real hard. Every one in Memphis is going to be glued to the TV because that's what they are trained to do. If it's going to storm, if it will rain, if there's any sort of wind, everybody is is on their social media saying, oh, my goodness, what are we going to do? I get phone call. I love my mother. I do. And she's going to listen to this body. If it looks like it's going to storm and, and somebody gets on the local television station and says, you know, the old school. 50s and 60s. She's glued and she's scared. But we have to raise a new generation of people to understand the reason is is because they need your viewership. And they'll put it on social media. And then social media gets paid for that. And then everybody else, as a result of the social media post, Go to their TVs and watch. And then the storm comes by and it's like, woo, what a nice little storm. And I take my two and a half year old. We've gone out in the yard. Hey, everybody's freaking out. It's raining. But that's what the media does to you. And that's what they're doing to Ron DeSantis. They're using their agenda as a cudgel. They are using their agenda and this massacre from this prick white dude that killed three black people is a cudgel to beat Ron DeSantis over his head 
so that they can go write stories on air or in print to make black people think that Ron DeSantis is a racist. Sure. And the problem is, unfortunately, there is a significant amount of the minority population who buy this crap, hook, line, and sinker. And as Ron DeSantis is concerned, how they brought him into this story should make everybody question, how did Ron DeSantis get into this? How did he get into this? Some white dude killed three black guys, and now Ron DeSantis is a racist. I'm tired of this crap. The left has already gained on the right insofar as science is concerned. They think they own the science because they use it. These these slogans, these everyday phrases that they come up with out of focus groups and their their marketer marketers, they also believe that they control because they do the media. So they've got control of most people's brains. They control science. If you disagree with anything they say as far as climate change or transgenderism or anything of the sort, they just come back and say, well, you you don't believe in science. You're a science denier. That's what really kind of pissed me off in the last year or two when I've heard that. It used to be you're a climate denier, you're a this denier, this denier. Now they say you're just carte blanche, a science denier. You deny science. And then they teach this stuff in first grade, kindergarten, second grade. But they they do. The problem is they do control it. They control the language. And who controls the language controls the debate. That's why we have to go out and say, just because this guy killed somebody else and they attacked DeSantis, it's not DeSantis's issue because absolutely nobody's going after Chicago, the Chicago mayor or the L.A. mayor or the San Francisco mayor and all the fentanyl and the New York mayor. The left twists, twists this stuff so well and they do a good job of it. Because we haven't done a good enough job of teaching our children. Right. How in the absolute hell, if DeSantis is responsible for these three black individuals being mowed down by this white dude, how in the absolute hell is the mayor of San Francisco not accountable for all the fentanyl deaths and the uh, homelessness in San Francisco? How is Biden not held accountable for the death of these people, or, or the folks in Chicago, because it's asked backwards. Absolutely. That's why it's a mind game that the media is playing. I'll stop at the media, but there's a bigger game being played. The media has played this through so many different avenues. But when these three black people get killed in Florida, everybody in the media jumps on it and says it's DeSantis's fault, but not one of them will go to any of these cities and say you're responsible for all these fentanyl deaths. They'll go to the White House and say you're responsible for fentanyl deaths. And they somehow, some way, turn it upside down and say it's Republicans. I, I do know how they do it. It's because of ignorance. It's out of ignorance. It's out of, it's, it's out of a, a desire to be placated and have an understanding 
And then when somebody, when every news outlet you have, whether it be social media or the three networks, ABC, CBS, NBC, on regular television or the cable networks, say it's DeSantis's fault, then you're going to believe it because people are programmed like that. If we have an abundance of one opinion coming right at us every day, inundating us, saying this is how it's done, this is the way it's supposed to be, and this is what's happening, the Republicans are bad, Democrats are good, then you believe it, and then you raise your kids to believe it. And I think that's where we are now. I think that we are in an age of the first generation of kids, that their kids, that their parents, which would be me, were so confused, and I say confused, deceived, and then we as a generation raised our kids to be deceived. That now that generation exponentially in the next two or three generations is going to produce even more levels of deception and vulnerability. And it makes me sick. It hurts my heart. It makes me cry. It's all right there for anybody to see. All you got to do is pick up your Bible, man. All you got to do is pick it up. Pick it up. Just pick it (laughs) up. Well, listen, this just tells you how far we've gone. There was a supposed bishop somewhere in Europe, unfortunately, wanting to take the crosses off of all the buildings and churches and replace them with arrows pointing Muslims which way to aim their bodies toward Mecca, just to make them happy. And there there are countless, countless, countless other examples of uh, certain priests. I'm not, I'm not going to uh, broad brush the Catholic Church, but it does start from the top. They need to look at that. You know, they do. I No, they do. It starts well, at the listen, top. Listen, you're right. And you're asking for a corrupt body to police and fix its own corruption. So it's got to be the good people that are left. In every industry, including the papacy, including organized religion, including government, there is corruption in every church. Oh, yeah. Everyone. Every single one. Every church. I don't care if you're Baptist, Methodist, Lutheran, Catholic. There's corruption. That's why I say go to the Bible. Right. If you got a question, go to the Bible. Or find a good Bible teaching church that's out there for you that you're that uh, the Lord leads you to. But there's, there, you're not going to find a perfect church. No. I mean, after all, a church is just a sheep shed. It's it's for imperfect people. That's a, there's not a perfect person in any church. Right. Uh, ain't one. But there are the doctrine is what you should look for in a church. What is the doctrine? Is it essential doctrine or is it non-essential doctrine? Find a Bible believing church out there that teaches that doctrine. But that doesn't mean if you. If you're a member of that church for 40 years that teaches essential Christian doctrine, and then some preacher or some deacon or somebody does something bad, you don't throw the church overboard because you have to look into your own heart. Because if they did that, if they did that to each uh, member of the church, every time something bad happened, there wouldn't be a church door. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't be able to walk in the door. I mean, lightning would strike as soon as I pulled in the parking lot. There's an aspect of the church that Satan uses to use uh, the misgivings and the fallibility of the leaders that he pulls out of one to cast 
of aspersions on the whole the whole congregation to make other people say, well, I'm not going there anymore. Right, exactly. I thought that was a good church. You know, no, it's not a good church. Well, see, two people are looking for any no good reason. People. There's no good people. Right. And But then you got the people but, but, that are but, on the, but if you're, on but the if edge you're anyway. They're yeah, already looking for a reason to get bash Christians. That's right. Oh, and the media will, oh, yes. they will come right after you. Right. But when you're teaching non, you're teaching essential doctrine from the Vatican, that's wrong. That's a whole different ballgame. Sure. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely.